Hello everyone, this is Tommy at World at War Comics and today we got another amazing guest for you. Today we have Mr. Jeremy Adams. That's right, Jeremy Adams from DC Comics. He's a current writer on Green Lantern. He had that amazing run on The Flash with the Wally West and the West family. Um, but yeah, he is on today and we're going to talk everything comic books leading up to Green Lantern and what his plans are for Mr. Hal Jordan. Uh, but before we get into that, if you could give us a like and a subscribe, that really helps out the channel. Remember, this podcast is brought to you by Cien Chilies. That's right, Cien Chilies, the best hot sauce that you will ever taste. It's C-I-E-N-C-H-I-L-E-S.com. Go to Cien Chilies and use comics at checkout and you will save 15%. All right, without further ado, here's Mr. Jeremy Adams and I. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to World at War Comics Podcast. Today, we have special guest, Mr. Jeremy Adams. Ah, Jeremy, <laughs> thanks for joining, man. It's so good to have you. I know yeah. you've been doing a lot of these. I, I saw you on the podcast of OA, which uh, yeah. Myron and uh, they're good guys, man. So uh, I thought, man. They're great. Yeah. No, I, I love doing podcasts and stuff and, and you know, just trying to get the word out to buy yeah. comics and yeah and wanting everybody to just get back into it's weird because growing up like comics were everywhere they were bookstores they were (laughs) grocery stores and now it's it seems harder to get comics you have to go to a local comic book shop if you're lucky enough to have one near you you know yeah yeah Um, but uh it's fun this has been a dream of mine to do comics so i'm I'm trying to keep that dream alive. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're doing pretty good. Uh, thanks. Um, let's talk about that dream, Jeremy. When did that dream really start? How young um, were you when you were really introduced into comics? So my dad had drawn some comics. Um, he had drawn some DC comics in the 70s. Mm. And then my parents were divorced. And I, I found out much later that he had drawn some Captain Adam in the 80s. Oh. Um and some Alpha Flight. He had done like two issues of Alpha Flight, I think. But, you know, not very many comics. But yeah. I was introduced to comics so early. Yeah. And it was definitely it, the psychological aspect of it is obviously I was trying to find stuff mm-hmm. to, you know, communicate with my dad about. And just, yeah. oh, my dad is into this. So I was into this, you know. So yeah. very, very early on. In fact, we, my brother and I had a shared comic collection up until... Right before junior high, we had like a share. It was mostly X Men. Yeah. And then my brother totally screwed me out of my share of the comics. <laughs> we had got we had X Men, but we also had like peculiar enough like Spider Ham comics, like the original <laughs> Spider Ham run. And I I distinctly remember he's my older brother, and he's like Jeremy, you could have a complete run of Spider Ham. I mean, why do you need this X Men one? I'll take the X Men off your hand, yeah. right? And he's like, they're not even they're not even ordered. We have like 101, 105, and I had, I had no idea. And so I abdicated my uh my my ownership of that. And I had a great Spider Ham collection, and then immediately when I realized he he had he had screwed me, I um I started collecting pretty hard, and yeah. I was definitely into quantity over quality yeah i I, to this day i my taste level is terrible but like (laughs) we didn't have a comic we had a brief moment in time where there was probably six months where we had a comic book store where i lived but generally Mm. it was either antique stores used Mm. bookstores or like you know spinner racks yeah yeah and um so i have up in my closet like the complete new universe collection you know <laughs> and uh you know if there were like weird uh what were the other ones the the impact comics and uh, <laughs> um you know i would pick up and i would play comic poker with my friends yeah uh, too. and it drove me nuts because my one friend 
he had just bought tons of Disney and Archie comics. And he would be like, I would be like throw in an X-Force or something. Yeah. Here's an Archie. I'm like, that's not even a comic. I was such a snob. I was like, it's not, if it's not a superhero, I don't want to read it. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's that's been a awesome. lifelong thing. I my room was just the wall was covered in what I thought were cool number ones, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but but it's it is a weird thing. It is both surprising and not surprising like everybody yeah. that knows me from growing up were like well of course this is where you would end up you <laughs> <Yeah>. know <laughs> um but i came i came through it backwards i came through it through television and, and movies yeah. and i'd always been trying to get to comics and yeah i think i pitched my first comic mm, 10 years ago okay and it was uh mike martz was running he was the editor at the bat office at dc and i had met mike on some other occasion Mm -hmm. and he let me pitch on a batwing comic and um i didn't get it i got close yeah um, that was my first opportunity and i was like oh i'm so close <laughs> and so since then it was like i would yeah. constantly if, try to figure out and yeah. meet people and see if i can get closer and i always had near misses and yeah tell yeah. um future state stuff yeah yeah so did you grow up more of a dc person or a marvel person I would say Marvel, um, mm -hmm. but it, you know, it, at the time, it, I I never really thought of it that much. Um, yeah, I found myself reading more Marvel stuff. Mm -hmm. Mainly, I, part of it was because DC would always, uh, you know, it seemed like it would. I I couldn't figure out their continuity as much. Yeah, but I would always read. I would read Bat books. I'd read any martial art related DC book. Yeah, um, <laughs> and there was an age when like. You know, Chuck Dixon was running the Bat Office, and so yeah. I was obsessed with Nightwing and Robin because I yeah. love that they would dip into each other. Yeah, the yeah. Gray book was good. The Cassie, uh, uh, Cassandra, um, uh, uh, Batgirl book was like the best. Mm -hmm. I love that book. Yeah, um, yeah. And I'm trying to think some other. They always had really good. They caught. They would always catch me up in the um, the events that they had. Yeah. So like yeah. I remember Millennium and Invasion and like yeah. I was I was all in. No clues <laughs> going on. The the only exception, the rule, I mean, but I would do a lot of Marvel, yeah. but the Justice League International mm. just just wrecked my brain. I love that yeah. book. Yeah, that was great. And Len Wein's uh run on Blue Beetle. I was such a Ted Cord Blue Beetle guy. Yeah. And then it was like, and then it was a different age. It was like yeah. Jeff Johns showed up and what he did with green lantern was mm -hmm. you know it was crazy he expanded yeah, awesome. the universe in such a massive fashion yeah and between him and then tomasi doing the green lantern core which i was obsessed with as well yeah i wonder if that could ever come back again that was um, yeah who knows? uniquely popular you know what's yeah, that yeah 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 i i think i thought about this a lot because people are yeah. like oh comics are dying and stuff but i'm like there's so many more comics to choose yeah. from now they're, they're not really just two companies yeah it's like there's all these indie companies and uh create our own books and stuff yeah. and i'm like i wonder if i would love to see the dollar amount i would love to see if yeah. the same dollar amounts being spent mm -hmm. um there's a feeling that it's dying but yeah i, don't know. I also I'll think kickstarter indiegogo yeah. i mean that, that's really hard to to understand how much comics are coming through those um yeah. avenues as well and so yeah i, I think just think it's spread over more right. uh areas to purchase comics i mean i'm on kickstarter all the time trying to find yeah. you know something pretty cool that looks really interesting and oh, I, think dude, I 
I ended up oh. donating to the, there was like a Rambo comic. And, oh. <laughs> and the thing that put me over the top was uh, you get your own dog tags. I was like, click. <laughs> I, That's, I, all I took, like, Jeremy. That's all it took, Jeremy. That's all it took, man. I'm such a sucker. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hilarious, man. So yeah. you, you did you grow up a writer? Were you writing from a really early age, taking stories and trying to put it on paper? Yeah, I uh, I mean I have com I have like my own comics that I made in third grade, you know, yeah, like awesome. I yeah. and whatever. I posted them at one point. They're really silly, um, but I didn't I didn't know like I love to write. Yeah, but it was in junior high, I remember for a class assignment, um, I wrote something, and the whole class laughed, and it was such a intense high yeah it's like oh well that's great and yeah. so me and my buddy austin who's now um a very successful novelist uh he and i were really into like stephen king and mm -hmm. you know, Dragonlance was really big for me and so we were we were writing and i had some really great teachers that encouraged that but i i never thought of it as a career i never thought yeah. that you could do that i didn't think Think film and television career probably still not a viable career but uh i remember <laughs> being in um the way i got to college was so yeah. by the seat of my pants i didn't even think about it and i remember thinking like oh i guess i'll be I, i'll be a u.s marshal i was like oh, i'll just you yeah. know that's what i'll do yeah and yeah. i'm in orientation at university of arizona before school even starts and somebody from the film department came up and i'm looking around like there's a film department <laughs> go to school for film. And I immediately just yeah. went, okay, that's what I'm doing. Told my mom right there. I'm like, I'm not going to be a U.S. Marshal. I'm going to go into film. And she's yeah. like, yeah, okay. You know? All right. Whatever, yeah. Jeremy. Yeah. So, uh, so I started down that road and filmmaking and, and yeah. movies and television go hand to hand with screenwriting and right, storytelling. Yeah. And um, I think, screenwriting in particular writing in particular became less i had no money mm -hmm. you know it, yeah it's so much it's it's so much less expensive to write than yeah. it is to actually you know make a movie <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? so it was like it was like oh i can do this and yeah. i i'm so full of uh fear and yeah. imposter syndrome still to this day yeah. it's yeah. kind of like I turn in a script to my editor and I'm like, oh, yeah. you know, I'm just completely worried. Yeah, yeah. Everything I put on paper, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so you got into movies right away. Was it first with DC? Because I know we had the Super Sons. We had a, you did a couple different uh, um, animated movies, but what would, yeah, did well, you do anything before that? So I came out to LA in, in 99 and mm -hmm. it probably over 11 or 12 years to get my first credit i mean oh, it took okay. me a long time and my yeah. first credit was on green lantern the animated series yeah. um yeah. so my mentor boss jim creek had given me that job and so i worked on that and then there was like three years of well it was like a couple of years after that i worked on a show called monsuno and mm. then it was again i mean it's such a it's such a yeah. feast or famine yeah scenario we had a baby and I was staying at home and I was ghostwriting and I was a stay-at-home dad yeah. and I was just doing like odd jobs mm -hmm. and um and really discouraged. And then yeah. I started getting um jobs on Justice League Action because mm -hmm. Jim had gone over to Warner Brothers, he started doing Justice League Action. And it's a great show. If anybody hasn't seen it, you should check mm -hmm. it out. Yeah. Um, and I had done like four of those episodes, and that started me on kind of the Warner Brothers mm -hmm. uh track. So I had done those and then I and then 
I did a DC Lego DC superhero girls movie and that did really well. And so I did another one of those and that introduced me to Lego and I've had a long partnership with Lego after that. Awesome. And so I've done, after that, I did like four Lego superhero movies that are really fun. There's like a, I think an Aquaman one you did, right? I did a Flash one, an Aquaman one, yeah. a Shazam one, and a Batman one. And <laughs> That's they're, awesome. They're really family friendly, yeah. silly. We got away with so many incredibly hilarious inside jokes. <laughs> acting is just yeah. excellent. Um, and then I started, I started moving into more adult stuff. So I yeah. started doing, uh, you know, I done some Scooby Doo stuff, but it was like uh, the Mortal Kombat. Yeah. I did this Batman Soul of the Dragon movie with Bruce Tim, which was uh, one of my favorite things I've done, yeah. and Super Sons. And then I went to go work on Supernatural. And then I came back and did some more, you yeah. know, because COVID hit and animation yeah. was the only thing going. So luckily yeah. people dug that. And then I wrote, I co-wrote a, a JSA World War II mm-hmm. movie with my friend Megan. Yeah. And and then I did a, a little segment in the new um, War World movie, um, a DC War World. And it's funny, it's like, I've done a lot of DC stuff. Like if you look at my, my IMDb is a mess and I love it. Like I always yeah. want to go, this is bizarre. He's done all this weird stuff. And then, and then because of the animation, I got put on a list uh, that Dan Didio wanted to hire a bunch of animation writers to write comics and yeah. for 5G. And yeah. I thought, oh, this is happening. <laughs> and then he got let go. And I was like, oh, it's not happening. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was that quick. Yeah, yeah. He was still on a list. And Mike Cotton, who was an editor there at the time, called me up. And one of my friends, Tim, was like, yeah. like he went to my friend Tim's like, hey, you know, there's these names on this list. And Tim's like, oh, Jeremy's great. Yeah. And so um, he asked me to do a, a DC 1 million Black Adam like backup mm-hmm. in the Suicide Squad uh, future state. And I did that. And that's when I created Gold Beetle and uh, worked with Fernando Passerin. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was doing, but I, I was I was just like, I can't believe they're letting me do this. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then I did a backup in um, Philip Kennedy Johnson's World at War future state. Yeah. And uh, after those, I just get a call one day after that that was like, hey, you got any ideas for The Flash? And I'm like, yeah. bro, I'm a man of a certain age that has been reading comics for a long time. Yeah. I've got ideas from now until the end yeah, of yeah. eternity, you know? And so awesome. I, I pitched them the Quantum Leap idea, and they were like, better what we've got. <laughs> so they just kind of had Flash over yeah. to me. And That's awesome. I, I mean, he had told me most people do not last longer than a year. Yeah, yeah. I think because Warner Brothers was in such peculiar shape. Yeah. And it was being bought out and it was sold, yeah. it was bought out, and editors would leave and come in. Mm-hmm. The fact that I was turning things in on time and the fact that the fan base was just so kind and receptive yeah. to what I was doing, it it kind of prolonged my my run on the on the book. And yeah. um, until eventually they're like, hey, we gotta move on. And I was like, oh yeah. you know. Yeah. So how so does that work? work? I mean, how do how do they decide that you need to move on? Because that, that's a question I, I think know. a lot of fans have, right? Because they really love that flash run. They love yeah. what you did with Wally and the family. Yeah. Um, and so everyone's kind of married into this Jeremy Adams um, writing. And then all of a sudden it's gone, right? And so they're like, well, yeah. how do they make that decision? Like, what? How? what is the Warner Brothers or the editors? How do they come up with, we need Jeremy Adams somewhere else? So I think... 
I think there's a couple things. Like number mm-hmm. one, we were doing pretty good in terms of numbers. At least that's what I, I was told. Yeah, yeah. And um, and it was like the reason they told me is like, hey, we want to go in a new tonal direction. The reality is they're doing a whole new thing of Dawn of DCU. And there's so yeah. there's a there's a little bit of like, hey, we're reshuffling and we're Mm-hmm. And we're giving number ones to everything. And of course, if you give a number one to something, it sells better too, right? Yeah, absolutely. But, but I had also heard um, they were obviously soliciting ideas for Flash. Mm-hmm. And I heard that Cy Spurrier's um, uh, pitch was unbelievable. And yeah. they were like, oh my gosh, this is going to be great. We're going to do this. Yeah. But it was a drastic tonal shift from what yeah. I was doing. Yeah. So I get it. Like, they, mm-hmm. you know, these are not my toys. These are not yeah, my toys. Yeah. For sure. My characters. I was emotionally invested. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? So, so it, it was definitely hard for me. And I think yeah. the hardest part was like, you know, it, it just feeds into that imposter syndrome of feeling yeah. like, oh, I thought I was doing good work. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think I wasn't doing good work. Like having right. some perspective, I don't think I wasn't doing good work. Yeah. I think it was just that, hey, we want to do this thing. We wanna, I, if I wasn't doing work, good work, they wouldn't have offered me Green Lantern, right? For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, but I was just, I was mopey about it. It was such yeah, a childish yeah. thing. I mean, I was just like, whatever. You know? <laughs> uh, and it's like, and Paul was like, hey, we want to give you Green Lantern. I was like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> and, uh, and I had called up Jeff Johns. And yeah. um, I said, Jeff, you know, they're taking me off the flash, but they want me to do Green Lantern. And he was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and that was the energy I needed. Yeah, yeah. To be like, oh, Jeff, Jeff thinks I can do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like if Jeff thinks I can do it, then I can do it, you know? Yeah. And, and so we were going up to my my in-laws house and it was like a three-hour trip. And and before the trip, I didn't know what I was going to do. Yeah. And then by the end of the trip, I knew exactly the story I wanted to tell. And um it was it was weirdly based on a pitch that I had like a couple years ago for Green Lantern. Mm, yeah, um, so I was very excited about it. Yeah. But yeah, you know, in terms of like the the moving around, I I don't I actually don't think it's personal. No, yeah, pro- I don't I wouldn't think so either. But, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. You know, I, but but all I can do is and people were all like, you know, I was getting calls like because I posted this thing about being sad about it. Yeah, and and, and, and people were like. Oh, he's angry and mad, and, was, and I was like, "No, I'm I'm sad. Yeah, like, I'm sad because I was having such a good time. It was me. Yeah. It would be like you going, you have to leave the party. Yeah, you know? it's like, but I don't want to leave the party. You know, <laughs> no, I'm and not then, done having fun yet. Yeah, it's like I'm yeah. having fun. Of yeah. course, I'm going to be sad. You know, it wasn't, but I was also I'm eternally grateful. And, yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, I got to do some crazy fun stuff. Flash lends itself to like a lot of fun. It's yeah, different. I think Green Lantern right now, at least right now, because I, I feel like I'm picking up off of Jeff Thorne's like, like kind of mm-hmm. like high concept sci-fi run, right? That I, I'm kind of doing this thing, and it, and it, it feels a little more serious for what I'm, I'm used to with Wally. Yeah, um, because the Flash just is, you can go anywhere. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know? Yeah. so it's different, and yeah. and the immense pressure I felt, uh, doing green lantern was like yeah i mean it was all me putting it on myself you know oh he's a one trick is he a one trick pony can he only write the flash and that's it (laughs) i was was terrified terrified. i'm always terrified i'm still terrified (laughs) (laughs) i think that's a good place to be though right it's a humbling place to be and i I think that's healthy to be honest Um, 
Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I, I think mean, as I, fans, you know we notice that. Like, you. Yeah, it's like it's like when you're, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I told my wife on our second date, I'm, I'm probably going to really poor the rest of our little. <laughs> you know, I'm pursuing this dream that yeah. does not lend itself yeah. to making money, and despite what anybody might think, comics don't. Yeah. Hey, yeah. particularly, you know what I mean. You can't yeah, survive yeah. on just not yeah. in Los Angeles. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. so, uh, but I, I, because I lived my life not doing it, and now I'm yeah. doing it, and I love it, and I, I love it so much that I don't ever want to stop doing it. Yeah. Um, and I get so much satisfaction out of it, and being able to work with these amazing people that they're all creative and all and meeting yeah. all these amazing people, you know. Yeah. yeah like and just all the people that are working in the industry now everybody's been incredibly nice i haven't met anybody that's been like i hate you you know yeah. <laughs> i was scared i was scared meeting like tom king i thought oh he's gonna yeah. see me, like break my neck because i, <laughs> I retconned heroes in crisis or whatever but yeah, it's yeah. Like, it was like he couldn't be nicer yeah and, like, I, I think he's a nerd like all of us that's yeah. just kind of like having fun doing what they're doing you know for sure for sure yeah so, uh, absolutely. Now I, I I follow you on Instagram and I see all your posts with your family and stuff yeah. like that, which I think is amazing and it yeah. makes you super uh, relatable. Um, how much of your family life did you bring into the Flash? Because the Flash family, there's a lot of things, and I think that's why so many people loved it. Is there's something that you can relate to if you're a, a father or a mother yeah, you have a yeah. family, you know what I mean? There's yeah. so much that's going on that we're like, yeah, that happens in my life as well. Yeah. yeah, right? yeah. How much did you bring in of your family life into oh, the flash? Yeah. So much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because he, he was a guy, you know, Wally has always been a, well, the way that I was writing Wally was much more like me and, yeah. and, and you know, he's a little more carefree maybe. Yeah. And I try to be empathetic like yeah. Wally is, but yeah. he's married to this dynamic woman that's much smarter than he is, which right. is exactly what I did. For and, sure. Uh, we all do that. And then I had two kids and he had two kids and it was just, and I had written one of the episode, issues with my daughter. And um, so, so much of that stuff was just ripped from the headlines of my life. And mm-hmm. that was, that was what was peculiar because I found myself as much as I love writing Wally and as much as I love writing Linda and I love writing their kind of romance, I kept finding myself um, really getting invested in the kids. Yeah. Yeah. And then when Maxine showed up, I was like, Holy cow, I love this. You yeah. know, I, I love, I love what this is, this kind of like, incredibles meets fantastic four kind of vibe going going forward and it was also just like comic books have a tendency to get stuck in place when it yeah. comes to character growth mm-hmm. and it was just an and you hear it all the time you hear yeah. people who are like oh you can't write married people you can't write kids and i was like well i think you can and i think i think you can have fun doing it Mm-hmm. But it was also trying to make a book that was a safe place for anybody to read. Yeah. Like yeah. people could come into a store, somebody could go, oh, you can, your kid can read The Flash. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was, that's how I grew up reading. Like, yeah, you can read the Dark Phoenix saga and except for a questionable uh, Hellfire gal, you know, where uh, <laughs> it's pretty like it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's fun. There's stakes. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. And yeah. I was trying to do something that anybody could, uh, yeah. that wasn't going to be 
overtly sexualized or overtly um, violent or anything like that. It was just going to be fun adventures mm-hmm. and, uh, with family. And I, and I really enjoyed building that out. I just felt like there was a, I didn't see anybody doing it. Now it's great because it seems like DC has embraced Mm-hmm. It's like you've got the Arrow family and you've got yeah. the Superman family and everybody's got a family now. Everyone's got a family, yeah. Yeah. So that helps me when it comes to Green Lantern because yeah. I think the shift of focus has gone on the next generation of heroes a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Wally, Nightwing, etc. Right. And so this is a chance to kind of like go, and you'll see that a lot in issue four when Barry shows up. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of like, well, what are we? What's our place in this universe now? What's our place as the old timers in a way? Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So you, you you're writing the Flash. Um, you get the news that you're going to be moving over to Green Lantern. I mean, how many more stories did you kind of already have for Wally? And then how much time did you get to create a story for Green Lantern? And how? Like, did you already kind of have an idea? Like, if I ever got on Green Lantern, I or- had a, um, I had a. I had a pitch for Green Lantern uh like um two years ago, maybe I think. Okay. That mm-hmm. was but it was um it was very it was very like uh it was very gl- glossy. It wasn't mm-hmm. I the main thing I said was that like oh uh how how it was supposed to be Hal and John were quarantined on Earth mm-hmm. and that was the epitaph of it. So when when yeah. Paul came to me and said, Hey, we want to do a very earth centric green lantern hal jordan i was like oh i i kind of already have a skeleton of something like that but between that three hour drive from my home to my in-laws i knew what it was i knew exactly what i wanted to do yeah um it's it's a little out there in some ways in some Mm -hmm. respects yeah but after reading jeff thorne's run it was also like i felt like there was all these cool uh launching off points where It was like the Guardians were gone and the United Planets are there and there's a giant ball of source and 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 a lantern could change his powers. Like, uh, you know, it was like, wait, what? Huh? Yeah. It was like <laughs> no one has fallen up on it. And and somebody had said, oh, you could just write it that everything's back to normal. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't <laughs> want to do that. First of all, I'm a super nerd that yeah. like wants to know how that happens. You know? <laughs> yeah. There'll be and Green Lantern fans everywhere going, oh my gosh, man, there's a gap. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm like, the gap is like where you want to be, you know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so that's that's kind of the story I'm telling. The only the only tragedy with it is it's the same thing when I was doing The Flash. I was like, oh, I got to wait every month. You know what I mean? Like, I, I was like, no, I want to do like three times i want to do it weekly you know yeah, yeah. um and i and i pro- pretty much browbeat them into doing that in the flash so maybe yeah. i can do it on green lantern except i don't <laughs> i kind of want to give zermanico time because he's just such an incredible he's artist. incredible he's incredible ridiculous. he's ridiculous yeah. he every, i could write poop and he would draw it would just be better the most beautiful poop you've yeah, ever, yeah, seen. ever seen you weep <laughs> at that poop um but like he's um, incredible uh the other thing i did was i just realized i had this ipad that was like underneath my uh my um what's it called uh chair you looking for it for a while no too? i was like oh. <laughs> oh it's underneath my chair i hope i didn't destroy it um oh, yeah. anyways, uh with the flash i had about probably another 10 issue story okay there were other things i wanted to do but like there is this very sp- and you see it at the end of my run with Omega Bam Man and Gold Beetle and yeah and, yeah and Wally and and some time has passed and it was mm-hmm. their journey home from um, uh, 
the palace of eternity and 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 i had a i what i thought was a pretty fun idea about yeah. work, <laughs> which was cool and then you know i was also building up this kids superhero team in the background yeah where i had you know the young super sons from another universe and and um i i, I kind of in my head i don't know if it was because i was watching dawson's creek at the time i wanted like Irie, John, and Damien to have like a love triangle, you know, like, you know, like, it was like but, and then I had yeah. Mr. Terrific's kid and, yeah, uh, yeah, and Jay. And, and so I was just having fun, just kind yeah. of put, because at the time, yeah. And like Young Justice didn't, they were all kind of grown up. Yeah. And I didn't, I did not know that Jeff was going to bring back like 15 kids in Stargirl. Mm-hmm. Mm, and I'm yeah. like, oh, oh, okay, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, his Star Girl run was amazing too. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, anything Jeff touches is pretty yeah. great. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Mark Wade and yourself yeah. are probably my three favorite DC oh, writers right now. Well, so. that's kind. Mark Wade, I I am such a nerd. Um, he was doing a signing at a comic book store not too far from me. I had never met him, yeah. and I was on Twitter, and I saw that he was doing, and I like. Oh my god! I like grab my keys. I'm like, honey, I gotta go. You know, and I ran <laughs> out the door and drove over and and oh hi, Mr. Wade. Oh, my name is Jeremy Adams. And he was like, oh, I really enjoy your book. And I was like, oh. You know? <laughs> and then to come to find out, he lives like two blocks away from me. So we've had you did a time. signing not too long ago yeah. um, with him and who else was it? Yeah. Uh, it was Jeff yeah. and Mark. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I know. I wanted to get out there, but that's about three, two and a half hours from my house. But I, I wanted mean, to get there so bad. It was one of those. Which one is not like the other? Because it was like, <laughs> it was like Jeff. Mark, so it would be like people would come in with wagons with like omnibuses <laughs> for like Jeff and Mark. And like, oh, you could sign this one, Jeremy. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you just started before you, Jeremy. That's all. <laughs> yeah, well, I know, but, but and also, I'm I'm just like a super nerd. Like I was at a convention the other day, and uh, and Mark Silvestri had a a booth like uh, a three down for me, and his yeah. line was so long it it cut in front of my booth. But you know, uh, people were like, "Oh, are you?" Fi-? I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah. I'm like a cyber force who's yeah. bringing X-Men, whatever, you know, like, uh, like I'm, <laughs> I'm one of those people. I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. a lot of print from Mark. I was like, I'm a big fan. You know, like <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. He's such a, like a quiet, humble, just amazing human being, man. I really enjoy him too. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. of them. I mean, listen, honestly, I had heard horror stories about certain people and then I just never have experienced that. Yeah. But, so I'm, I'm, yeah. I've been, I've been, I, it's, it's been a blast i i feel very pumped about it all you know yeah yeah that's awesome man yeah so, so we get into green lantern jeremy and then right away we get into night terrors yeah, like, how, yeah. right yeah. like hey we want you to take over this book and then you're you're creating a story for it and they're like oh by the way after issue one we need to do night terrors how far does that throw you off or after issue two how far does that throw you off or does it throw you off at all because the night terrors was still related to the story yeah. I felt you were telling, but it did bring in obviously everything that was happening within Night Terrors. Yeah. Uh I mean, honestly, my first reaction wasn't like, ugh. Yeah. It, yeah. Like that. it was like uh it, it, it I don't know, related. It. It's like I'm just so excited to be here. 
Yeah, yeah. And and the fact that like they're letting me be part of crossovers, I'm yeah. like, I'm such a I'm such a <laughs> like, Yeah. I mean the only time that it annoy it slightly annoys me. Yeah. It was like uh we had to do the war for Earth Three mm-hmm. and um Flash had to tie into that. And I remember thinking like uh I was irritated because I had to I had to take my last two issues of the gem world saga thing and mm-hmm. put it into one. No. And I, and I feel like it was a little rushed in that regard. Yeah. But regardless, mm-hmm. that was the first time I did like kind of a crossover. So I was like, I was stoked because um, that meant I was doing something new in comics that I hadn't done. Yeah. And so I love, I, I love crossovers. Um, the key for me would always be the best way to put it is um trying to think if it was captain america or iron man during fall of the mutants there was like armor wars was going on like at mm-hmm. the same time or something yeah. like that yeah. and um and i remember there was a crossover it was either when steve rogers was the u.s agent and he he came in anyways there was a big fight but it had to do with the book it was in it yeah was like yeah that that event trickled in so you got a taste of it mm-hmm. but it wasn't like to find out what happened, you have to go, you know, it, yeah. and there's a little bit of that with Green Lantern because I wanted to be like, oh, go check out the Night Tours. But I wanted it to pick up right after issue two yeah. so that you knew it was going to be integral to um, my story. And what was great about it, it gave me this kind of weird runway to retell Hal's origin story in a weird way. Yeah, like, yeah. I, even though it wasn't correct, <laughs> it was like, uh, there were little bits of his character, and I always, I always feel like, especially when I started writing Wally, like it took me a couple issues to kind of get the voice I wanted to write with right, for, yeah. for Wally, or in this mm-hmm. case, Hal. And um, and also, it gave me gave me a chance to like. There was things like fans told me about Hal being like Hal's mom being Jewish, and I was like, yeah. what, really? Oh, he's Jewish. I didn't know. Yeah, so yeah. It was kind of a cool thing to touch on, and especially in my head, I'm like, that's funny that he was Jew er, is Jewish, but he was also the uh, you know spirit of vengeance for yeah. the Abrahamic God in right. the comics. Like, I was like, that's kind of cool. You know, <laughs> I think that's something to touch on. And yeah. then it was also like, you know, I was like, my my through line was like how isn't going to be afraid of this thing like yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't no. process fear the same way so this yeah. was a good chance for people to understand that the way i look at hal is not yeah. like you know it's a very classic sense like he's fearless in that regard yeah yeah i mean will power with everything with him right yeah, yeah. so I, I mean that's what, one thing that i think a lot of greenlander fans notice through night terrors is hal's reaction to insomnia and everything that's going on was much different than other characters that were going yeah. through it. And it had to be right. Because right. that is what the the ring does for you. Right. Right. Well, I mean, that's, that was my thought. I mean, yeah. I'm glad everyone, like came across it because I thought the bait and switch was, I thought, Oh, maybe people would be upset in the first issue. Yeah. Because it was kind of a setup for the second issue. And the first issue, the way I, I couched it was that this guy couldn't get a handle on Hal's fears, you know? Yeah. And um, and what was funny was like people were like, oh, parallax or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's just because he's gonna kick everybody's ass in the second issue. Like, you exactly. know, like like it was immediately that moment where he's like, Why are you smiling? And he's just yeah. like, Oh man, you came to the wrong place and the wrong, <laughs> wrong. dude, you know. And it yeah, was like yeah. that to me was like uh, you know, I didn't know exactly what was going on in other books. I just knew that how was going if this fear 
this is the one dude that's like going to the flash and say flash and saying like you know i'm gonna outrun you and it's yeah like, yeah what no, no you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, so so that was, that was really fun that was really fun. fun to kind of do uh you know and uh eduardo pensica did a lot of the art and and this kind of like evil dead moments yeah. and and just also just be able to like have a weird warped lens of his origin and, mm-hmm. and alex segura did a great job of of talking about sinestro and what's going yeah. on so mentally especially as we push forward into the last bit of this first arc mm-hmm. with yeah. alex sinestro, so yeah so that that's a, a great segue into a, a question about how are you alex and um um what's his name um phillips on john stewart how often are you coming together and are your stories all going to be related well alex had just done the backup. yeah alex just in the backup for sinestro okay so we had got on the phone and talked about that and then he went away and he's much mm-hmm. smarter than i am which is great um <laughs> uh, uh philip and i hey, yeah yeah so um we've been we've been getting on the horn and talking yeah so really his story doesn't really have to do with my story yet. Okay. But yeah. we can both see the collision course of our stories intersecting at some point. Yeah. Again, he's he's a hyper intelligent person that is much more thoughtful than me. <laughs> you know, like I'm just like, yeah, that'd be cool, but let's make a joke too. You know, like yeah. I'm, <laughs> I, um, uh, he, he, he's got this, this ability to world build and, yeah um so we've and he's very deferential and i'm trying to be deferential to him and yeah i just see what he does and i'm always i'm always in awe so i but we we have a pretty good relationship so i'm very i'm very excited about what's going to come down the pipe because his idea for john is so clever and it's such a great way to also not necessarily interact with current continuity and what i'm doing yeah um that but you know, I was like, hey, this is what I want to do. And he's very receptive to that sort of thing. Yeah. Down the line. And so I'm excited about that. I'm excited this this time next year. It's like Green Lantern. The Green Lantern universe is going to look vastly different. Yeah. And, and I think every Green Lantern fan is extremely excited about that because there has been this like gap in time where we just didn't have a whole lot like once in a while there'll be a one shot and you're just like man what are they doing with green lantern i mean he's i feel like he's an a-list character and yet dc for whatever reason and obviously none of the fans know just weren't doing a whole lot with him for a while and then when we heard that you were going on and then philip kennedy with john stewart and then there's a story floating around with sinestro and then you got uh james gunn talking about uh, an hbo series where you're gonna have like all of a sudden we had nothing and now there's all kinds of things going on so like emotionally there's like this uh, joy like we're hoping that nothing changes because there's a lot going on with green lantern yeah i'm exciting i'm super excited about it because i i think the donna dcu was a really great way to get people invested in like the different little franchises because look, yeah. at, look at the flash i mean like yeah. now, now it's not only is there flash i'm in a jay garrick mini series they're gonna do yeah. an avery and ace like series yeah. um you know so it just seems like oh wow there's you know there's a lot of stuff happening i and 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 again it all comes down to sales yeah, like, yeah. You know, there exactly. is a number and when and it yeah. and we, this is why i i i try to encourage people because i don't 
I don't like people that pirate stuff. I don't like them pirating stuff. And yeah. try to explain like the difference between a, a book being canceled is so slim. Yeah. It's just yeah. so slim. Yeah. I know comics are expensive, but it's just so slim the the margin between, oh, this book is doing great. And then next week, well, we're canceling this book. You know, yeah, because yeah. they can tell, like if it gets uh, under a certain amount, they're like, well, it's not going to come back from that amount. Yeah. Yeah. Generally, yeah. generally. I say right. that in a very general term, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But some people respond to stuff, and I, I just hope people respond to. You know, I'm always nervous. I'm always nervous that yeah. like I, I want to do right by Green Lantern fans and Hal fans and and the universe of it. And you never know. You're you're taking swings a little bit in the dark, and you're like, I hope people dig this story or they, yeah. they enjoy where we're going because I think it'll be really fun. If anything, yeah. If the story sucks, it doesn't matter because Zermanica will make it look great. You know? <laughs> he does make it look great. It's incredible. He does. <laughs> and now it's become this point where I'm just like, I wonder what else he could draw. Like, you know, yeah. like, now I'm like, oh, there was that scene in the in the graveyard in issue two. And I was like, with all the skulls and everything. Oh. And I was like, I, you know, I want him to open that up. I would love to have a poster of that. That's yeah. how amazing that is. I know. I know. And I just thought, <laughs> I bet this is going to be so cool. And then it comes back and I'm like, ah, and I just start laughing to myself. And that happens all the time now. Like, I'm like, I wonder what this page is going to look like when yeah, I, yeah. You know, and, and so there's a little bit of like, uh, and I had this with Fernando a lot too yeah. on the flash. When I'd work with Fernando, um, he would just, he would just blow my mind. When yeah. I did the wrestling issue with Fernando, I was so excited because, um, <laughs> he could he could translate the stuff in my brain and he yeah what i saw but then he would make it just a thousand times better <laughs> and so you don't you don't you don't get that all the time yeah you know and so to have a relationship or at least a, a working relationship with somebody and yeah. i and now I'm, and I, and the way that i write generally is like i want i want the artist it's a visual medium you know oh, like, it is. I want, yeah I, I want the artist to have fun drawing yeah and I want actually they're telling a part of the story too that you can't put in a bubble, right? So they're they're doing most of the work. Let's be honest yeah, here. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it how often are you having a conversation with him? And how does that back and forth look like between you two? Because I think as a writer in comics specifically, the art does have to tell a portion of the story that you yeah. just can't put in words because you're limited, right? By panels and by everything else that's going on. He, I mean, we talk every once in a while and I, I do try to reach out and figure out what, it, what do you want to do? You know, yeah, yeah. how can I, what do you want to do and how can I incorporate, incorporate mm -hmm. it? Because I want him to be having fun. I don't want him to sure. just be like, I'm having a blast. Yeah. Like, that would be totally unfair if I'm just having fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I very, I would, I'm very rarely the guy that's going to be like, uh, oh, you did this wrong. You right, know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. I I can I can do the Marvel way. Uh, you know, yeah. if it's like totally like a little different than the script, it's like, mm -hmm. well, how can I fix it so it's yeah. not? You know, exactly. How does it, yeah. How does it here? And that's one of the things I I absolutely I can't tell you how much I love about comics because yeah. in screenwriting a lot of times you'll you write a script, you'll get notes, you do the notes, you get, you know, you write the script, whatever, and then mm -hmm. it's out of your hands and it disappears and you don't yeah. get to see it anymore. Yeah. Um, with comics, you get so many bites of the apple. Like the yeah. honest truth is I'm not the best at grammar and, uh, and I'll write something fairly quickly, but the fact that I get art back, 
I get a lettering pass. I get like a final pass. I get to make little tweaks along the way. Mm -hmm. um, really just makes me feel good about yeah. the process. Yeah. But um, yeah, with Germanico, um, I'm very deferential. And he's so exacting and he's so, he cares so much. I have so much respect for people that just care so much about what they're doing. Yeah. Like uh, on the Mortal Kombat movies, I appreciate it. Like Joel McHale would be like, he would, he would be present in the moment. He wouldn't just read the words. He'd be like, he would go, he'd go, Jeremy, this isn't, this is a dumb line. Like <laughs> I've, I've, I've heard better, you know, it's like, Oh, okay. He's here. He's listening. He's trying yeah. to make it better. And it, like to have a collaborator is really great. Zermanica will do. Um, I added three panels here because I thought it would be good. And it's like, yeah. great. You yeah. know, or what do you think about this layout? or these six other versions of that layout. And I'm like, Zermatico, <laughs> I can't dress myself. Yeah. You pick because you are the genius, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I try to be very deferential because at the end of the day, you open up the, before you read the words, oftentimes you just, you're looking at the art. For me anyways. I mean, I, as a kid, yeah. it was like, when I saw Jim Lee's art, or John Byrne yeah. or McFarland's or Liefeld's when x Fact, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. I was, I was, uh, that's what got me into a book. If it was Kevin McGuire or Amanda Connor. Like I was, yeah. I was probably going to read your book. You know? <laughs> it probably didn't matter necessarily what the words were. Right. You know? So I feel like I'm, I feel like I have an important job, but I also just want to have, I want to be, I want to make, it's a big investment in my mind yeah. and I want people to pick it up and be like, oh, that was worth it. Like, yeah, that was yeah. It, you know, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I, is there the possibility down the road that Jeremy does something on his own and have yeah. you already created stories of and characters and everything yeah. else? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is that something eventually you want to get to? I mean, obviously yeah. you're very invested in what you're doing now, but um, a lot of really amazing writers have gone off to, not that they've left DC or Marvel. We certainly as a fan don't want you to leave DC, but it'd yeah. be really interesting to see what Jeremy could come up with outside of DC without yeah. continuity to create his own characters, his yeah. own world. I mean, that'd be a lot of fun to see. Yeah. I have a lot of, I mean, listen, I'm a screenwriter in, L in LA. Yeah. <laughs> like I have a backlog of yeah, uh, a lot of stuff. Huh? <laughs> a lot of stuff. Yeah. There is a lot of, um, you know, like I was telling you, there's a lot of fear that like, oh, I'm going to do it. No one's going to read it or no one's yeah. going to buy it or, you know, and comics are weirdly expensive to make. Yeah. Um, and you want to be able to pay people properly. Yeah. And, Absolutely. And there's weird red tape. So I will tell you that I'm working toward that. Yeah. But in the meantime, I'm going to be doing um, a couple other books that are not DC. That, oh, okay. aren't, that aren't mine either. But yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I'm I'm really kind of hungry to do more comics, yeah. And so I'm excited about that. There are two projects with two different companies I'm going to be doing. One's going to be announced very soon. Okay, um, cool. And then and then this my creator own stuff. I have I have a bunch of stuff I really want to do. Yeah. I just I got to figure out how to pay for it. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> you know? I mean, you, you see know? what like Scott Snyder's done, and he's yeah, done I mean, those guys, incredible those, stuff yeah. outside of. Yeah, and but he's one of my favorite Scott writers. All and they're Tynan, and like I'm like, oh, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't think I've reached that level of like notoriety enough. Like I, I would, the worst thing would be for me, I would feel like, like I would go, hey, uh, help me with this Kickstarter, and it's like yeah. you've made twenty dollars, and I'd be like, oh, <laughs> you know, like like I'd be so sad. <laughs> 
I'd be so sad about it. Yeah, you know? that'd be depressing. And then, yeah. And then you also want to make sure you do it in a way that like you can get it done in a timely manner so that yeah, like, yeah. a year from now people aren't like, hey buddy, I <laughs> I I gave you 20 bucks last year and I haven't yeah. seen anything. It's like I'm sorry, <laughs> you know. I don't want to do that either. You know, yeah, no, that would be no bueno for sure. No bueno. <laughs> so so how about comic cons? Um, I yeah. you seem to be fairly active. What's coming up for you in the next couple months? Where oh can people gosh. find you? Um, so I'm going to Edmonton, the Fan Expo in Edmonton oh, this wow. Friday. Nice. And in 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 October, I'll be at New York Comic Con. Yeah. I'll be at Dallas, uh, like a Fan Expo thing in Dallas, and then mm-hmm. I'll go. I'm going to a thing in San Francisco in uh, uh, right after Thanksgiving in okay. November. So this has been my first like full year of doing conventions and it has yeah. been uh, much to my wife's chagrin. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I've had a blast and she's just like, I, it's more FOMO. Like she wants yeah. it to be, you know, cause I'll get, I landed in Philadelphia and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I got to go run up the Rocky steps. Like, you know, like they're yeah. there. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a total nerd when it comes to that stuff. So yeah, for sure. I love going to places I've never been. And yeah, yeah. my favorite thing is meeting, um, meeting the other professionals that do it. Like that's been, that's been a thrill for me. That's been so much fun. Yeah. That's awesome. How about and LA? Then, do you do LA at the end of the year in December or no? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's totally true. Yeah, so I'll be at LA Comic Con. Oh, sweet! <laughs> and then I almost always do WonderCon, and I almost always do uh, I always do San Diego. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, besides that, I have a, a Lego Jurassic Park thing coming out this fall. I have a Mortal Kombat animated Johnny Cage movie coming out in October. Nice. And um, yeah, man, it's busy, busy time. Busy, busy. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, you Jeremy, man, what's that? You have to be. You have to be. You have to yeah. be. Well, I could tell you on behalf of a lot of folks that really love Green Lantern, we're super excited for you to oh, be on the book. Um, we're excited to get into issue four because of that interruption that we had. Because I I feel like you got off the ground, but yeah. maybe you you held back a little bit knowing that Night Terrors was coming. And then issue yeah. four, you'll be able to just push through and yeah, yeah, yeah. To dig yeah, into I the mean, story a little bit, right? Issue three comes out uh, when we're at the time of this podcast tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But yeah and people were like it was funny like somebody was like we need the story and i'm like we're only on issue three like, yeah, yeah, like, it's really, three. like, like really it's only been three issues yeah, like give yeah. me a break I'm, I'm getting there i promise like i wanted to i wanted to actually hit i don't want it to just be me just shoving stuff on the page i want it to exactly be, yeah you know? so yeah. yeah you're right by three three is pretty pretty important to the plot moving forward and four we get a little special guest star and by the end of nice. four things get really really crazy nice by the end of five things get really crazy at five it's like oh crap you know yeah <laughs> so there you go well we're super excited jeremy i want to be respectful of your time thank you so much for joining me um huge fan of your work can't wait to uh see issues three and beyond and yeah. man, if there's ever an opportunity where you want to share more of what you're doing we'd love to have you come back Um, But I had a blast talking to you and just thank you, Jeremy. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Have a good one, Mr. Jeremy. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye. All right. Bye.